0: Hi. Hi. Welcome to Why Are We Like This, a Heartstopper podcast. I'm Ashley, she, her. And I'm Alyssa, she, they. And today we have a very special bonus episode all about bisexuality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was one of the, like, very first things. <laughs> yeah. That we were like, okay, so we're going to do an episode about this, right? <laughs> We cannot have our entire branding be the bisexual biweekly <laughs> Heartstopper podcast and not do this episode. So here we are.
1: <laughs> so we kind of figured we'd just chat first a little bit about our own bisexual stories. Um, do you want to go first?
0: Um, No, I don't want to go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All good.
1: I'll go first. I was born and raised in the freaking Bible Belt. so. When I was a late teen, early adult, I did a lot of unlearning and a lot of like personal growth, and you know, had to shake off like a lot of things I had been taught about life and people and religion and everything. So I knew that I found women attractive, Mm -hmm. but I was just kind of like, everyone can recognize an attractive human, like, you know, and then I realized that, like, okay, maybe I just recognize it, like, a little bit more intensely than other people. It's fine. Like it doesn't mean anything. And then it really all came into perspective when I was like 23 or 24. It was uh like 2015ish. Mm-hmm. And I was already with my current partner and we had been dating for less than a year. And for me, <laughs> it was taylor Momsen from the pretty reckless <laughs> uh, i heard them on the radio and i was like damn i love this like i bet this chick is badass i wonder what she looks like her voice is amazing and so then i googled her and i swear to god the second that i saw her photo i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute i'm insanely attracted to this woman <laughs> um and so i didn't really like process it i just like it you know i i clocked it in my head and was like Ooh, we'll deal with that later let's just put push that away um but i obviously became like obsessed with her
0: <laughs> of course
1: um, i like went to meet her when she came to nashville i'd go to their shows i still go every time that they come through so then after I had kind of like really accepted that that's really how I felt. I started to like drop hints to my straight friends mm. and be like, oh, like, oh, that person. Like, yeah, they're so hot. If I was into women, like that would be my type and try to like judge their reaction to see like how if, if maybe they felt that way about other women too. Mm. Uh, they did not. <laughs> but then it wasn't until 2018 that I really started to accept it. Uh, that's when I found Buffering the Vampire Slayer, mm. which is another great podcast. Yes. And that's, that's really- how when we met and became friends. Yes. yes. That's really when everything started changing for me. Uh, at that point, I was married to my partner already, and I found the podcast, and I immediately fell in love with Jenny Owen Youngs. <laughs> she we all. She is and always will be my dream woman. Um <laughs> But Buffering had built, like, a really special community online, and so I became a part of that community, um, and that's, again, how we met, how I met so many of my, like, current best friends, and that's really when I started to, like, reflect on my queerness and start to, like, really dig into processing it, and they had an online community that kind of split into all these different sub communities. And there was a support group. So I joined the support group and that's kind of when I started processing it with other queer people. Mm -hmm. And so that October, 2018 was the first time I came out to someone. It was my friend Madeline and we were at my favorite music festival in Florida. And it was just me and her. We were off by ourselves. And she was like making a comment about, we were trying to, I had asked like where, what our other friend was And she said she was, like, off trying to get with some girl she met. (laughs) And I was like, oh. And she was like, because she's bi. I don't know if you knew that. Because I had, like, just kind of come into that group of people. Mm -hmm. And um, that friend was, like, openly bisexual. And so she was like, I don't know if you knew that. But, like, she is. And I was like, okay, this is an opportunity. (laughs) I've never said it out loud before. And like, to be fair, my friend Madeline has a horrible memory, like the worst memory. And it was late, so she had been drinking. And I was like, okay, (laughs) if it goes terrible, she's likely to not remember it. So I'm just going to take this leap. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, me too. And she was (laughs) like oh, well, no, like she's like really truly bisexual. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm bisexual too. And she was like, what? Since when? <laughs> <laughs> and so I started laughing and we I was like, since always, I just, I don't talk about it. And so we had like a conversation about it and went fine. And then um shortly after that is when I came out to my partner, I guess it was probably early 2019 and – we were at breakfast and i don't we were talking about somebody attractive i don't i'm sure it was some actress i don't remember who exactly and i was like okay this is another opportunity i'm going to take it and so i was like yeah i think i might be bisexual because i would absolutely have sex with her <laughs> and, and he just paused and like looked at me and blinked a couple times and he was like you think you might be bi and he was like I thought you were bisexual I thought that we knew this (laughs) and I was like well I certainly didn't until recently (laughs) and he was like well I've kind of always known and I was like okay okay and so that was obviously very like such a relief Mm -hmm. and like very comforting to know that like okay he like people are have been accepting so far um, and so then after that, I slowly started to come out to everyone except my family. I I held off on my family for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then in 2019, like mid-year, to all the way up to like the beginning of 2020, I just had like such bad imposter syndrome. Uh-huh. Just like, okay, but like what if I actually don't like women and I'm just like making this all up in my head, which makes... <laughs> So much sense, I know, (laughs) but you know, and so it all just like got really intense for me internally Mm -hmm. and I started to push my partner away and push everyone away and then finally I started going to therapy and working with a therapist and she slowly worked me up to talking to my partner about it. I was convinced that if I told him that I needed to explore that side of me, that it was going to be the end of my marriage. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. had never really shown interest in anything other than monogamy. Mm -hmm. And so I thought like, this is going to be the end of it. And in January of 2020, I finally sat down and told him (laughs) and it was totally fine. (laughs) He was just like, I, that's perfectly understandable. He was like, if you need to explore that, like explore it, we'll just open our relationship. Like I'm not going anywhere, just go (laughs) figure it out. And so I feel very lucky to have had that experience as well. And so, yeah, we opened our relationship in January of 2020 and then the world (laughs) shut (laughs) down. (laughs) But it gave me – it honestly worked out great because it gave Mm -hmm. me the pandemic to like get comfortable with like talking to women on dating apps and like Mm -hmm. things like that before I actually had to go like meet someone, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is just great for my own social anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then – Like, being able to explore that in the years after has really, like, given me the confirmation that I needed to, like, be confident in my sexuality and not have the imposter syndrome. Um, And then I came out to my mom shortly after we opened. And (laughs) once again, my mother (laughs) just we were eating dinner. I like bought her dinner and took it to the house and we were eating. And I like was so nervous the whole time. And finally my dad was like about to be home and I didn't want to come out to my dad yet. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to say it because he's going to be here any minute. So I was like, I actually wanted to talk to you about something. And she was like, okay. And I was like, I just wanted to tell you that I am bisexual. (laughs) And again, she was just like, I kind of already knew that. (laughs) And I was like, okay, apparently it was obvious to everyone except for me. (laughs) So, yeah, the only person that I haven't come out to is my dad. My mom asked me not to after Mm -hmm. I came out to her. She was like, he won't handle it well. And that felt really shitty and still feels (laughs) shitty. But also, I don't have a great relationship with my dad. And so I've never really felt comfortable coming out to mm-hmm. him, but also I don't hide it. Like I mean, I have the Buffy B tattooed on my ankle in the bisexual flag colors. Mm-hmm. I'm very vocal on socials about being bi, mm-hmm. um, including like Facebook where we're friends, so he can see my posts. We just haven't talked about it.
0: Yeah. So my <laughs> my story, it kind of I've. In the last year, my husband and my friends and I have been doing this um superhero movie tournament thing. Mm-hmm. And through that, I've like kind of been like doing a lot of processing of like, oh shit, this was also a part of my like experience. Um but <laughs> so like it I like in the last year I've come to realize that there's a lot of things that were like Cluing me in a lot earlier than I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just kind of start like in high school. I, you know, I had crushes on guys, but I was also, I was also that girl who suggested practicing kissing <laughs> with her friends. <laughs> And like it, nothing ever came of it because I normally, I didn't have the courage to do that kind of thing in person, but like, I'd be like texting my friends and be like, oh, you know, maybe we can try this sometime. Cringe, cringe, <laughs> cringe. <laughs> I was, I, I don't, my teenage years, my, my preteen and teenage years, I don't really like to think back on them because they were cringy <laughs> as fuck. I, was I a, feel you on that one. Um, I also was like really into like Tumblr and stuff and Tumblr is super queer and there's a lot of like discourse around sexuality, but also like allyship or like the 2012 version of allyship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm an ally. I'm totally an ally. I'm such a big ally. Mm-hmm. And like my – when I was – yeah, I forget – I some of the like timeline is a little bit fuzzy to me but when I was in high school I found out that one of my older cousins is gay and somehow my mom found out I don't know if my cousin had come out to her or if my, if she if my cousin had come out to her mom my aunt and my aunt had told my mom but somehow my mom knew and my mom and I were talking about glee <laughs> just kind of like putting everything into you know, times to like space time. And we were talking about Glee and how there's like a gay character. And my mom was like, well, you know, I'm just going to make up a name. You know, Betty is gay, right? <laughs> um, And I was like, no, I didn't know that. But also in the back of my mind, I was remembering this like weird thing that happened where my mom had asked to see Betty's Facebook Because my parents aren't on Facebook, but I was at the time. I was, right? And she was like – just like asked her. She's like, oh, can you click on that picture? And she was like, oh, okay. Like it was – and it like kind of just like came full circle. I was like, oh, my mom was trying to see a picture of her girlfriend. Um, and then I kind of became really obsessed with the fact that I had a cousin, cousin who was a lesbian, um, to the point where, like, it was, like, a thing and pe- my friends would make fun of me for it because it was, like, every time I talked about her, I had to bring it up, um, which is, like, also a little <laughs> cringe. Um, but, like, you know, can we tell that I'm also neurodivergent from this? Um, <laughs> and in, you know, it was high school, so... Um, and then said cousin uh, got engaged and I got very obsessed with the idea of going to a gay wedding. And like all throughout this time, I had a friend we will call Lola. <laughs> I'm just like, I didn't make up fake names for these people. So I'm just like, what are, <laughs> what are some fake names that I can come up with? So we're going to call this person Lola. And she and I were like attached at the hip. Like to the point where by our senior year of high school, basically everyone who knew us like legitimately thought that we were dating. <laughs> um but nothing ever like came of it. I always mm-hmm. joke that if cuz this person ended up coming out to me as by bi- we actually came out to each other on the same day. <laughs> That's cute. It was like, I, I said, I was like, I think I might be by. And she was like, me too, <laughs> um, which is cute. Um, but she and I were like really, really close. And I feel like if that had happened sooner, maybe something might have happened. Yeah. But mm-hmm. by that point, like we were seniors, we ended up going to the same college, which is a different story for another time. And I was already like online talking to, The person that I ended up marrying. So like it was like it was just like a weird timing thing. And I actually remember like senior year and like the summer in between senior year of high school and junior and senior year of high school and junior year of college, yes, because those two things go back to back. Senior year of high school (laughs) and freshman year of college, um, kind of like really like becoming more comfortable with it. And like I had already come out to a few of my friends and I had, you know, like I think like on my like Tumblr and stuff, I was like identifying as bi and stuff like that. But, you know, nothing really outside of like very small like pockets of like mm-hmm. my close friends and stuff like that. But I remember saying, Yeah, if this, if this uh, you know, if it doesn't work out with this guy that I've been talking to, I think I might just try dating dating girls for a little bit. Uh, That did not happen (laughs) Uh, because it worked out uh, really well with uh, that guy I was talking to and we are married. (laughs) But – and even though I was like, okay, I'm bi, I felt a lot of insecurity about that. I feel like Mm -hmm. – and we talked about this a bit in our previous episode about girls, um, but like being bi is confusing as fuck, Mm-hmm. And especially once you're in a relationship, it's just like the imposter syndrome is really intense. Yep. It it also it you know trying to process all of that while also like I'd had conversations with my partner and we were both kind of on like a feeling more comfortable with just keeping things monogamous kind of situation. Um, neither of us really like fully comfortable with opening the relationship so that, you know, never, it was like something that like I had like mentally toyed around with, but I was like, yeah, no, I, I don't feel right about this. He doesn't feel right about it. We're not going to pursue this line of inquiry further. And there was a point when I was in college where I was like feeling a lot of imposter syndrome, feeling like I wasn't bi enough, feeling like I wasn't queer enough which actually it's funny because i always like i feel like i am like i'm like constantly in this like liminal like multi identity mm-hmm. space because i'm also like irish puerto rican and it's so, like i f- was having like a really big identity crisis about not about not feeling anything enough mm-hmm. and like not knowing like what my identity was <laughs> so that was a fun time but i <laughs> have <laughs> And like, I still, I think, I think I still go through phases of that. Um, but by my junior year of college, I kind of like felt secure enough in myself. And I had been out basically all of college because um, I went away to school. Like, with everyone at college, I was out. And I said, I finally, I was like, fuck it. And I just texted my mom. I was like, hey, I just wanna tell you this. And she was just like and I knew that it I knew that my mom was safe because she had been really supportive of everything when my cousin came out and when my cousin got married and all of that. So I was like, I know my mom's gonna be fine. And yeah, she was she was like, Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> She's like, you know that I'm, you know, fine with that. Cool. Carry on. How was your day? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't. Re- I don't remember exactly what she said, but you know, it was just very much like, "Yep, cool." <laughs> um, and I, I knew that coming out to my dad was going to be more of a challenge because he's more religious, he's more conservative, he's more. He had like very vocally not been the biggest fan of the idea of my younger siblings going to a gay wedding. Mm. Um, And like that was – like a lot of that was my frame of reference was like – and then also like if an athlete or like a celebrity came out, he would kind of like grumble and gripe about it and be like, oh, why do we have to know that? Or like when gay marriage passed in New York where I'm based, you know, he kind of grumbled and groaned about that. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be difficult. And he and I – did not have a good relationship at the time. Um, <laughs> it's still complicated, but you know, he and I did not have a very good relationship when I was in high school and in college. So, it what actually ended up happening was he and I were having an argument, and he used the F slur, um, which is something that he uses a lot. He kind of uses all of the slurs. Yeah, um, my, da- my dad. My yeah. dad too. Yeah, <laughs> this is all sounding very similar to me. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Like when you were talking, I was laughing because I was just mm-hmm. like, "This, this yeah. I've seen this film before," and I, I, think I know the ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we were arguing about something, and he he happened to use the F slur, and I was like, "Stop saying that!" And he was like, "Why does it matter? Why do you care?" And I was like, "Cause I'm bisexual," and he just looked at me, and he was like well, that's your life. And like tried to play it off like he didn't really care. But then also like went into this whole thing about how my lifestyle was dangerous and blah, blah, blah. blah. Mm -hmm. And I do think that the fact that I was and still am with a man has at least for the more conservative element of my family because pretty much everyone knows now. Yeah. And even if I haven't like formally come out to people, I like make jokes about it all the time. Like I was at my parents threw like an anniversary party for me and my husband over the summer for our first anniversary. And we were talking about some – We we were talking about like coffee. And I made a joke. I was like, I'm a bad bisexual. I don't like iced coffee. (laughs) Um, You know? And the like three people who knew what I was talking about laughed. (laughs) Like the three other queer people plus Eddie in the room like laughed. And everyone else was like, what the fuck? But like no one, you know, no one said anything right, you know, untoward. Um, they were just confused. They were like, what the fuck does iced lattes have to do
1: with? <laughs> um I literally had iced coffee this morning. Of love course. Yeah, they just
0: I mean, number one, I don't like coffee, but like I because yeah. I love me a chai latte. I hate them iced. Hate them iced. Mm. I just I don't I I I don't like Iced versions of hot beverages. Frozen hot chocolate, not a thing for me. <laughs> iced versions of drinks, not a thing for me. That's a bisexual stereotype that definitely fits me because
1: it can be yes. negative two degrees outside. I'm still going <laughs> to be like, can I get that iced?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So now it's just kind of like, I just kind of like chill and I'm like, whatever. And I'm that queer English teacher. Um. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. The queer English teacher that the kids deserve. Can 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 you come and tell them that because they're yeah because <laughs> they're you know twelve years old and ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. I actually I threw up another teacher and I we both like we pulled some money and we threw a pizza party for one of our classes because they've been killing it lately and deserve a shout out. <laughs> um, and I ended up coming late to the pizza party <laughs> and i guess the other teacher had kind of like been like do you guys know how much this cost <laughs> just to kind of like i don't know but when i walked in like half the class was like thank you miss <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they um i'm that i like i literally run our school's gsa which we call the rainbow alliance which is adorable cute um and like i have like my little flags and actually the background on my ipad which is like my primary like the the device that i use at work most of the time is it's um like space photos like composited together to look like the bisexual flag so i'm like not subtle about it at all yeah you know i've had kids be like you know like ask me and like if they ask i'm like yeah i'm bi right what else yeah, I just kind of like over time came to realize like I'm I just kind of like came to be more comfortable with it. Although it is sometimes still confusing as fuck.
1: Yeah, and you were talking about family. I didn't even talk about that. I yeah. so I was the first one that was openly queer in my mm. entire like extended family everybody. I don't have any like queer cousins, nothing mm-hmm. like that um growing up. And then I did have a cousin
0: that came out but we're not close. I tried to be mm-hmm. close, but it didn't. Yeah, I'm not work super out. close with my uh queer cousins either. Hmm. Some of it is like age differences and some right. of it is personality differences. Yeah. And some of it is geograph, and all of it is also geographic differences. So yeah, yeah I know my family, we've got L G B right now. Um we've got a lesbian, we've got <laughs> a gay guy, and we've got me. Which, you know, I also count as a Q because gender, I don't even know what the fuck gender is anymore. (laughs) It's a construct. That's what it is. Yeah, it is a construct. I'm like, feminine shit works for me, so we'll do that. But also, like, fuck it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She, they pronouns. Leave me alone. Um, And then my, (laughs) I always joke that my, my husband in his family is the token straight man. Um, because <laughs> his sister is bi and married to a trans man, and his mom is a lesbian married to a lesbian. Or I don't know if they're married. They're very together. together. Yeah, they're together. You know, with a lesbian with another lesbian. Um, so That's it's cute. like it's like how did you end up straight? <laughs> I'm like, how are you a cis straight man? Like, how did that happen in this family? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but um, and it's funny though because his my sister in law was like the first like other bi person that I got like really close with, and like we talk about it. Um, well, not anymore because she lives in Arizona now, and I don't see her as much because she lives in Arizona, but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of the things that I was thinking that we should talk about in honor of Nick's Pirates of the Caribbean by Panic and my whole, you know, speech about the different kinds of buys, Pirates of the Caribbean buys, mummy buys, Mm -hmm. and apparently, according to my husband – uh, 2002 live-action Scooby-Doo by, which apparently I am. Like, it transpires <laughs> that that is, in fact, what I am. Um, I was like, you know what? Why don't we think about, like, the characters in movie and TV, movies and mm-hmm. TV, and, like, celebrities in general, that looking back, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taylor Momsen, interestingly, also on my list, but nice. from Gossip Girl. Yeah, see, I didn't watch Gossip
1: Girl until much – like mm. after it had finished much later. So, yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, Taylor Momsen's in that show? I'm going to watch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Taylor Momsen was a like, er, one of the earlier ones for me. Also, um, Dakota Fanning, I feel like, has like a similar vibe. Okay. Yeah. Like, and I was obsessed with her as well. And that's one I – recently I was like, Jesus Christ, I was obsessed with these two girls. <laughs> and I thought I was straight. Mm. Um, Another big one for me was Black Widow in Iron Man 2. I was obsessed with her role in that movie. It's like a meh movie. I was obsessed with it and it was entirely because of her totally heterosexual behavior. Mm. (laughs) I think I mentioned in the previous episode, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Sarah Michelle Gellar Linda Cardellini. Yes. Linda Cardellini in a latex orange (laughs) bodysuit. Yes. Um, I think it was pleather. I don't think it was latex, but still. Those are kind of the big ones that I'm like, I thought I was straight. Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was like blatantly obvious for me. Like once I started thinking back, like it's all the way back as far as I can remember. Even like my best friend in elementary school I met her in second grade mm-hmm. and like day 1 of class I was like there's this girl I remember going home and talking about <laughs> her to my mom being like there's this girl in my class and she has the most beautiful long blonde hair and she's so cool and I made sure that I got to sit by her and we're going to be friends and like for years I was like I just want to be her I just want to be her and looking back I was like I was infatuated with her <laughs> or, like <laughs> that was definitely a thing um and then like middle school, I remember like having sex dreams about another friend that I thought was just like so <laughs> cool. And be, and then being like, well, that's just my brain doing what like you can't control your dreams. Mm-hmm. Like everybody probably has weird sex dreams about people that they don't think that they're was, attracted
0: to. <laughs> that was one of the points when Nick looked up, am I gay? That article. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the I points. know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And it hit home. Yeah. But yeah, so then as far as like media, I can remember. Okay, so Titanic, Mm. Kate Winslet, Leonardo DiCaprio, also the first pair of boobs I ever saw. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Titanic. Yeah, (laughs) Um, Uh Topanga from Boy Meets World. Mm. I was obsessed with her. Underworld, Kate Beckinsale. Yes,
0: please. This is the I'm slightly younger than you, and therefore these were yeah, not yeah, a little part different. of my formative years. I watched Titanic when I was like thirteen or fourteen, I think, and also I think the first boobs that I saw. But I was in the second grade
1: when it came out, and my mom let me watch it when it when they like got the we got the VHSs when they came mm-hmm. out, and she warned me. She was like, "There's some stuff in here, and I'm gonna need you to be mature about it." So she let me watch it. I guess I was like nine. I don't know.
0: Eight? How old are you in second grade? Young. I was young. Seven. Uh, like seven, eight, yeah. I just realized I for like most of my childhood was obsessed with The Little Mermaid and The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> How fucking gay is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also put
1: Buffy on my list for so many so mm-hmm. many women. Yeah. I mean
0: Eliza,
1: Tushku, Anya. Yes, Faith. all of them. Literally every woman <laughs> on yes. that show. Yes. Um, Degrassi, Manny Santos.
0: <gasps> yeah. I forgot about Degrassi, but like also totally, yes. That Because also, because Nina Dobrev was on that show and I was obsessed with her. <laughs> and then when I found out that she was playing Elena on the Vampire Diaries, yeah. then I watched the Vampire Diaries. Talk about by panic, by the way. Everyone on that show was hot. I, I didn't watch it. Oh my god, watch the Vampire Diaries. Yeah, Eliza's um, been trying to get me to watch it. I was for gonna say, Eliza, Eliza is gonna have. Okay, I've decided that we're just gonna force you to watch it when you're here. When the you are <laughs> I've here seen for Taylor the Switch. first
1: seven episodes. And I never made it any further than that because I hated all seven episodes. (laughs)
0: The first season is rough. The second season is better.
1: That's what she said. She keeps trying to get me to try. I I will eventually make it through it. It's just that I have other priorities. (laughs) But the other ones that I have on here is obviously Kira Knightley, which we talked about. She was Mm -hmm. another one that like I repressed that and put it down so much that I completely forgot about that experience until later (laughs) in my life. So like. That She was a big one for me to like go back and be like, oh shit, right. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, I also put down Coyote Ugly because <gasps> that was a
0: super sexy movie.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's down
0: and that Jennifer's and Burlesque. Body. Oh, Jennifer's Body. I haven't seen. But Burlesque with Christina Aguilera is like – Yeah. It's very, very similar good. to Coyote Ugly.
1: You need to watch Jennifer's Body.
0: It's on my list. I just – so good. <laughs> yeah. Afer mentioned Lola, who you guys have heard me talk about as the Tao to my Charlie a few times Mm -hmm, on this mm -hmm. podcast. Kind of like shit talked that movie to me. And I have some like complexes still around the way Mm. that that friendship ended. Fair. (laughs) Fair, fair, fair. It's super gay. (laughs) Yes, I've heard. I've heard. I also just I keep ever as we're talking I just keep remembering more I know and more right and more I mean Princess Leia that was yeah um but then also Galadriel from Lord of the Rings mm, mm-hmm. Kate, uh freaking Kate Blanchett. yeah yeah <laughs> it was Liv Tyler for me that's fair um I know I recently rewatched them and that's also it's just a very bite experience because yes, absolutely uh, vigo mortensen like every mm. time like every time he would do something i'd just go he's so cool <laughs> and orlando bloom orlando and like oh the God. other thing is because like because legolas is an elf and like the way he moves like it's like mm-hmm. very androgynous and like there's something there as well that i'm yeah. like i'm like i have feelings
1: <laughs> yeah for sure And obviously for me, if you listen to everyone, I just rattled off a lot of them are blonde. I clearly have like a blonde thing going on. Mm. So like the blonde Orlando Bloom thing was like, I was
0: obsessed with Mm -hmm. (laughs) Legolas, like completely obsessed. Um, I was also obsessed with Emily in Pretty Little Liars. Mm. She's the, the lesbian character. But I kept saying, no, it's because she's a swimmer and I'm a swimmer. That's so funny. And totally <laughs> not because we both like girls. Like,
1: I <sighs> – It was Hannah for me. Again, another blonde. Yeah. Ashley Benson
0: is so freaking attractive. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Aubrey Plaza. Oh, my God. Yes. Crap. I mean, Taylor – We're both obsessed with Taylor Swift. There's something there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not a big Gaylor person. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm not too keen on that shit. Um <laughs> People go too hard with that. I'm like, just yeah. leave her
1: alone and let her live her
0: life. Yeah. Jesus that's, Christ. That's yeah, that's it's a problem with the fans for me. I'm just like, I gotta shut the fuck up.
1: People just go too far. And it's like See also Kit Connor. Yes. People have written in and asked if we were gonna talk about it. I mean, I don't have much to say except for it was really fucking shitty, and I'm very disappointed in everyone that was a part of it
0: (laughs) yeah it's just like if you i feel like kit said it better than everyone Mm -hmm. like obviously if like you are pushing him to like come out you didn't get the point of the show and especially of nick's arc and fuck right the fuck off
1: yeah and also it's just like he's 18 I literally just told my story about how I didn't really know anything until I was in my 20s. Like, he's so young Mm -hmm. and he owes nobody, nobody owes anybody anything. Like, just mind your own damn business. Yeah. And also, learn what the word queer baiting means because that's not it.
0: Yeah. A person can't be queer. A person cannot queer bait. Like, a real live, actual human person cannot queer bait. That's not. That's not what
1: it
0: is. it's. I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before or not, but I feel like I'm in such a unique position as someone who spent my teen years really heavily immersed in fandom and then kind of like gained some distance from it because like I saw stuff that I didn't like and I kind of, it kind of turned me off. I wasn't really big into like, destiel in the supernatural fandom. And that was a toxic cesspool back then. It's still pretty not good now. Um and like as like I was just seeing things that just kind of like i drifted away from that. And with Buffy and Heartstopper and some other stuff that I've gotten into now as an adult, I'm kind of like re-entering fandom, but like now as an adult who has experiences with the very toxic sides of fandom in also, because I'm a teacher, I mm. like understand like developmentally stuff. So like there is some space for me to be like, okay, these are also kids. A lot of a lot of it, I can't say for like sure 100%, but you know, a lot of the audience of Heartstopper are kids, are yeah. young folks who are just wanting to see themselves represented in their media and in the actors who are playing those characters. Mm-hmm. And these are also kids who have grown up with social media, yeah. but not with any support on how to engage in an online community safely or properly. And it's kind of just this environment that is just ripe for this kind of no- nonsense. Um, I mean, it doesn't excuse it at all, but there's just like all of these different <laughs> Like, parts of my brain that are just right. kind of, like, intersecting to be, like, I hate it, I get it, I blame society, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's it's really complicated from, like, a developmental psychology slash social media studies perspective, but also from the, like, there is an actual human person who is being, like, affected by this in a negative way perspective it's just objectively bad yeah and if you are and and here's the thing if you're a child and you are a part of this please learn it from this experience and do better next time if you are an adult and you were a part of this fuck write the fuck off yeah absolutely that is yeah like if you are yeah (laughs) you should know better
1: And I'm disappointed in you personally. (laughs) Me too. Me too.
0: (laughs) But yes, so that's our addressing the Kit Connor situation. So since we started
1: talking about Kit, do you want to go into Heartstopper and kind of how it made us feel seeing the bisexual representation? Yes, I do want to get into that. So I found Heartstopper in late May. So it had been out for like a month or so and Mm -hmm. everybody was talking about it on Twitter and, um, I was like, okay, I'll just like add it to my list, but it wasn't really a priority until I was editing another podcast. And they were talking about the amazing representation in it and how well it was written. And so one night, I think I was told this already, but one night ma- I made dinner and I was like, okay, there's short little episodes. I'll just watch the pilot and eat and then go do my work for the night. Mm-hmm. And so I started it and I didn't stop until the season was over. I did no work that <laughs> night. <laughs> no mm-hmm. work was done. Um, and I knew it was queer, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that Nick was going to be bisexual. And I remembered mm-hmm. when I realized where it was going, I was like, holy shit, not only is this like so cute and so wholesome, but it's a male bisexual character, which we never get Yeah, good male bi- bisexual representation. And I mean, just in general bisexuals are likely to be characterized as, like, hypersexual or unfaithful mm-hmm. or noncommittal or just, like, general hot messes. as I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I, my heart was, like, about to burst through my chest. I was like, this is everything. This is mm-hmm. so good. And, like, even before I realized that Nick would be bisexual, the line and bisexual people exist, I literally jumped off my couch. I was like, they recognize our existence. <laughs> And then in Girls, when the pirate scene starts and Nick's eyes go back and forth, I just, like, started crying. I was, <laughs> like, yeah. I related so much to that scene, as we talked about last episode. And I was, like, Nick Nelson, this, like, gentle, caring, sweet character is going to be bisexual. Like, and no show or character had really hit me this hard, like, outside of Buffy, which is, like, a, mm-hmm. a whole other podcast episode if we go down that <laughs> room. um. But I just like became really overwhelmed with emotion. And I, like at this time, things were already getting like not great for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then not long after I found it is when my mom was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And so that hit me pretty hard. And I went into a really deep depression. Mm-hmm. And with everything going on, I really just fell into this universe. It was like the <laughs> only thing that made me feel anything um, And it made me feel really fucking good, too. Yeah. So I was just, like, watching the show nonstop. I was reading the comics nonstop. If I wasn't watching it, then I was reading it. And then at night, I was listening to Cherry ASMR <laughs> whisper, read it to me until I fell asleep. Um, I took a trip to Texas uh, to go to the ATX Festival to see a show I worked on premiere. And I, like, downloaded all the episodes and I watched it, like in the airport and on the plane so I watched the full series on the way there and then again on the way back (laughs) (laughs) um and then after that is like I'd say maybe I had watched the show 15 times before I started being like I need more and so that's when I started reading fanfic and uh that's how the we spreadsheet
0: are. came to be <laughs> uh
1: yeah it's a real problem but it's what i'm happy to have I- i'm constantly reading fanfic every day mm-hmm. and yeah i have a spreadsheet where i put down everyone that i read and a link to it in a description and then uh that way i can keep them all straight in my head and also i could share it. now i know when somebody wants mm-hmm. uh, you know is looking for something i can be like this one sounds like it. this one's the one you should read <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't imagine, like, if I had this or something like this as a youth, like, how much different my journey would be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm just, like, really glad that this exists and exists in the mainstream today because it's – I'm sure that it's helping so many people, not just young people, but people in general kind of process things and it's going to prevent a lot of pain and suffering that Mm – and confusion. and Yeah, just by being, like, visible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a happy ending for queer characters, which is really important that that gets portrayed. Because I feel yes. like a lot of
0: queer media is, like, tragic. Mm-hmm. I know. My two, like, go-to recommendations – my three go-to recommendations for my students if I know that they're queer or, like
1: – Mm-hmm.
0: If I you know, I have pretty good radar <laughs> for my kids. Are Heartstopper, She-Ra, yeah. and the Witch Boy graphic novels by Molly Knox Ostertag. Um, I'm always just like this is my like baby gay starter patch. Yeah, was a good one too. She was really yeah. good.
1: Speaking of She-Ra, there's a good She-Ra podcast called, called Hey Adora. Hey
0: Adora. Yeah. So Heartstopper was on my radar. Before the show, um, I knew that the graphic novels existed, but I was a tired, uh, full-time teacher slash grad student trying to also plan a wedding and also survive COVID. Oof. Um <laughs> so and you I did it. <laughs> I did do all of those things. I so it, you know I was like, "That's that's awesome. I'm glad that that uh, graphic novel exists. I will add it to my very long TBR." And then, uh, you, know, you know, around like April, May, when the show came out, it kind of like repinged my radar because a lot of people were talking about the show and saying how good it was. But I'm that person who has to read the book first. Mm-hmm. It's been that way since I was a kid. Like there were like movies that I found out were books first that I'd seen the movie and I tried to read the book and I couldn't. Um, mm-hmm. And it, this is like this has been a thing. Another another thing that probably should have tipped me off sisterhood of the traveling pants oh (laughs) yes that is a good one um but yeah because that was actually that was the book where i realized oh shit i really can't read things after i've watched the movie Mm, because my brain like if there's any differences like i can handle the movie being different from the book i don't know i don't know it's weird i don't know
1: i get it i also like to read the book before I watched the thing. I didn't know that Heartstopper was Mm. based off of a webcomic when I started it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I found out, obviously, shortly after I watched it the first time, because I immediately started Googling and looking at stuff. (laughs) Um, So I, you know, I ordered them, like, immediately. And then they took, Mm -hmm. I remember three days after I ordered them, I was like, this is taking too long. I'm just going to read them online and then I'll reread them when they get here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, for some reason, like I didn't realize that it was a web comic. I just thought it was graphic novels. Oh, okay. And so like I was wanting to watch the show and I was actually, I was waiting at the, the hairdresser. I was like waiting to get my hair cut. And it was, you know, they were like a little bit behind schedule. And so I just, bought all four of them on my phone, if like the ebooks, and I read them. I didn't read them all. like I read probably like half of volume one before they, you know, ended up calling me to to go get my haircut. but I read it and then I drove home, sat down <laughs> and read the rest of volumes one through four. And then that weekend, uh, after I finished reading the books, I went and I watched the show. And then somewhere in there, I found out that it was a webcomic. And so then I went online and I read all of the rest of it that was out online but hadn't been published yet in um, the uh, graphic novels. And then I – this was like just before Alice went on hiatus. Mm -hmm. So I went and I – Subscribed to Alice's Patreon so that I could read the rest of what was on Patreon. Nice, um, because that's the person that I am. I mean, I did the same thing, so <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I so I knew going into the show that Nick was by, but it just it just made me so happy, and I, I don't even like it was such a whirlwind of like all of this going on all at Mm -hmm. once um, last spring that I don't remember like exactly like what I was thinking or anything. I just remember it just, even though some of the sort, some of it, you know, some of the content in, in, especially in what's going to be coming in the, the comics gets heavy, especially with Charlie. Yeah. Like it just, the whole story filled me with so much joy and I felt so seen in ways that I never realized that it could yeah. before, um, and like you, you were saying that like we never see by like male by characters, mm-hmm. and like while you were saying that, I was also thinking I was like, what by characters can I think of? What like canonically by characters? Because there are definitely characters that I know of that we can debate till the cows come home. Yeah. Um, I think we're thinking of the same yeah, character. I'm sure we are. <laughs> but I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to say it because I do not want to deal with I don't want to open that door. <laughs> nope, nope, we're closing that door and we're keeping it <laughs> locked and padlocked and spelled shut with magic. Um, um, but anyway, I was trying to think of like characters that are like canonically bisexual. And I mean the number the big one that stuck out to me was Cali Torres from Grey's Anatomy is canonically bisexual. Mm-hmm. And I remember that being a big deal for me because it just kind of like val- validated a lot of stuff for me in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um But also that show is just so like melodramatic and like it's – you know, it's yeah. Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> so like as much as I loved Callie, just there was so much drama, and a lot of a lot of the drama with Callie's character for a while was kind of contingent upon her bisexuality, like with her relationship with Arizona, and also her relationship with Mark. Um, it was just it was a whole thing, and I love Callie, but. Yeah, Nick, is, he, it's just so good and pure and happy. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, just the, his whole journey, and I don't want to like go too much into it because we'd spend a lot of time talking about it uh, in Girls. Mm-hmm. But um, at time of recording, it was five days ago that we were talking about that, so it's fresh on my mind. But like so much of Nick's journey and processing is – Like, it just speaks to me so deeply. And, like, it happens for Nick on a shorter time span.
1: Mm -hmm. But,
0: like, I'm just like, yep, this all tracks in a way that just I feel so seen and celebrated.
1: I was trying to think of another male bi character that we know of. And I could think of Daryl from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm, mm-hmm. Significantly less options in the male yeah, category. Yeah. Um, Oh, Adam Groff from Sex Education, mm. who I want to put in my pocket
0: and protect from the world. I haven't watched Sex Education yet. It's really good. Yes, I know. Well, so what happened was I watched the first episode, and as I was watching it, realized that my brain was not in a place to process new media. <laughs> so, like, I had to stop watching mm, it. hmm and go back to Buffy and the West Wing <laughs> on constant rotation.
1: Yeah, fair. Oh, you know who else, though, is Michael Guerin from Roswell, New Mexico mm. is bisexual. Also haven't watched that. I like it a lot. I I, <laughs> I like it better than the original, but that is a hot take that I get eaten up for <laughs> all the time.
0: <laughs> I have not watched the oriz- original either. It's
1: just – Yeah. I had not watched it until I started working on another podcast called
0: Pass the Hot Sauce that <laughs> Ashley- covers Roswell. Ashley just works on podcasts. <laughs> it's, it is like my hobby. No. It's your hobby is working on podcasts. Do you have and, a non-monetizable hobby?
1: I mean, <laughs> does going to like shows and stuff count? I mean, yes, I feel like I'm counts. constantly because going counts, to shows. Yeah. yeah,
0: Okay. That counts. Okay.
1: But yeah, I uh, – it just makes me happy. I know. It just makes me feel so good. <laughs> like, that's yeah, what I tell people when they're like, but why do you just keep rewatching it? Like, you've literally seen this show, like, 30 plus times. Why, like, how can you still keep watching? And I'm like, because it makes me feel so good. And also, there are still scenes in it, even though I've seen it 30 plus times where I, like, can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm feeling all of the emotion. And it's like, that's – Rare, And I am going to write it out (laughs) as long Mm -hmm. as I can.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So now I do – because it kind of came up when I was talking about how I don't like iced coffee. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) What – I want to talk about our stereotype, the, like, stereotypes that we embody. But then I also want to talk about the stereotypes that Nick embodies. Ooh, okay. Yes. So what do you think are your – (laughs) uh? Buy stereotypes. Well, I have blue hair, mm-hmm. and I love
1: tiny backpacks. I have so many tiny backpacks. <laughs> uh, obviously, iced coffee. We've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I cuff my jeans. <laughs> it depends on the kind of jean I'm
0: wearing, but I may have intentionally started buying regular length jeans instead of short so length you can jeans, cuff them. <laughs> just so I can cuff them. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, peace signs, constantly throwing oh, yeah. up peace signs, constantly. It's it's this one for me. It's that hey, one. Okay, what so is it? Hang tight. Yeah,
1: definitely a symbol person. Like I don't just stand in a photo. It's going to be
0: this or a peace sign or a thumbs up. <laughs> it's something. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, I live in Converse and Doc Martins. Yeah. Almost exclusively. It's Converse and bands for me. Yeah. Cuffing my jeans. But more than my jeans, I cuff my overalls. <laughs> that adds a whole extra layer. <laughs> uh, I own too many pairs of – oh, no. There's never – I own three pairs of overalls. Nice so I cuff my jeans uh jackets I am a big jacket person denim jacket Same. leather I don't have a leather jacket right now but jackets and sweaters jackets and sweaters and flannels or I'm not so much a flannel person it's primarily though just because I have so many sweaters that <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well it doesn't get cold here so I have the I don't
1: have many heavy duty things I- yeah I have just like light cover-ups mm-hmm
0: And then, even though I don't like iced beverages, like iced coffee or whatever, I love me oat milk. I put Mm. oat milk in everything, it is my milk of choice. Oh my God, lavender flavored coffees. Mm. Like, I, lavender scented stuff is my shit. But I also have a honey lavender tea that I'm quite fond of.
1: Yeah, there's a place that does boba here not too far from my house, and Mm. they have a honey
0: lavender boba. (gasps) Mm. All right. Put that on the list for when I'm in Tennessee. Okay, yes. (laughs) (laughs) What else? Uh, Peace signs. I had a clear phone case for a while. It fell apart. Um, But now I have like a space phone case, which also seems very bi yeah, like space, space seems stuff. very bisexual. Um, yeah, I think I think that that's I think that's uh pretty much all of mine. But I mean, like, no, my thing is I am that I like I for me I am just the stereotype that I most fully embody and embrace is just being that queer English teacher. Yeah, yeah, it's just like my entire <laughs> identity. I'm just like, yeah, I'm that English teacher. <laughs> i have no problem I, i'd say I mean, it probably it's a good identity to have mm-hmm. what about nick so the vans are the obvious one yeah and we he cuts his, his jeans yeah yeah he cuffs his jeans pretty
1: sure he has a clear phone case too and he's doing the peace sign in the image and photo so that's
0: true he is doing the peace sign in the image and photo we don't know his coffee order no we don't
1: Alice, what's Nick's coffee order? He seems like a naturally, like, energetic person who would just Mm -hmm. probably drink, like, have a morning cup of tea and that's it. That's fair.
0: Uh, Yeah, so I think that those are the big ones for Nick is the jeans, the Vans, and his phone case. Mm -hmm. But, you know, give it time. Give it time. Yeah. (laughs) We still have a lot more Nick Nelson to explore. Yes. yeah, so but so speaking of having lots of Nick Nelson in our future. Yeah. Um <laughs> what what are some of your hopes for seasons 2 and 3 and the bi representation therein? I mean, I've read li- like all the comics, so yeah, I kind of know where it's
1: going. Um mm-hmm. I'm really excited for proud to be bi Nick to come out where he yes. like isn't Hiding anymore, you know, and he's like confident in it. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time we get a moment of him being confident in it, it just like, oh, it swells my heart. I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, Nick. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I
0: specifically, the moment where David is being a shit and he just like mm-hmm. crosses his arms and is like, I'm by actually. So what? Yeah, I just, I want that screaming. <laughs> just, I just, I just recreate that exact panel from the comic identically with kit please and thank you yeah and i will be happy also
1: when he comes out in the yes. room at paris is yes. cute i'm it's so and it's cute. not really him being <laughs> um like overly confident in it yet but when there is it in the they're at the Eiffel Tower maybe and somebody like cracks a joke about Charlie's love bite mm-hmm. and Nick turn, they like oh, so was it you Nick that gave it to him or whatever and then Nick turns around and he's like so what if it was me are you jealous yeah. like I wa- <laughs> I hope that they do that scene too
0: yeah I, I mean I I just want all of it no I the truth or dare scene yeah where he's just like I know who it was
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> I'm so excited oh my god. All of the Nick Nelson in seasons two and three. Uh, But I also, you know where this is going. I am an Imogen. I I don't care. I (laughs) ship Imogen and Sahar so fucking hard. I have no grounds for this. (laughs) But, you know, Imogen is either bi or pan. As we've discussed, that is not a straight Mm -hmm. girl. (laughs) And I'm excited for that. I I think it would be cool to
1: introduce another bi character for him to have mm-hmm. like a bi friend to yeah. lean on you know mm-hmm. that would be there's fun. a
0: lot of things that i'm excited about for yeah i am mean, i'm excited for literally all of it so I, yes i know <laughs> like it, it would take a lot for seasons two and three to disappoint me like they would have to just like Completely yes. throw out the source material in exactly. order for them to disappoint me. And given that Alice is writing everything, right? that's it's gonna not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> so the last thing we have is we put out a call on our socials for any of our bi listeners to go ahead and share because we are but two people. And if you know one bi person, you know one bi person. <laughs> um, <laughs> And we just wanted to hear from other folks and get some other perspectives other than mm-hmm. our own. Um, So we have, what do we have, five? Yeah, five, five of you wrote in. Which is awesome because we came up with this idea three days ago. <laughs> so <laughs> last minute. Um, yeah. I'm like, it's, you know, okay, the people who see this and are by in yes, the next three forward. days. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay. So Rebecca wrote in and said, I was 19 in 1993 and always had dated male identifying people. Uh, I had a friend who identified as female and I was obsessed with her. I would talk nonstop to all my other friends about all of her excellent attributes, which included her winning personality and shiny blonde hair. Relatable. (laughs) I was at an Ani DeFranco show in Buffalo, New York, her hometown, and she referred to herself as bisexual. It was the first time I had heard the word. I felt like a lightning bolt had struck me where I sat and I thought, oh my God, this is me. Thank God for Ani.
0: I mean, just the Annie DeFranco at all just really right. I the I know. Deal. It just makes it perfect. Like, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I was like, yes, absolutely. Yes. I love it so much. <laughs> um, our next story is from... M, who says, Hi, I'm M. she, they. I'm bisexual and non-binary, and I've now decided that you are my best friend, M. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and obsessed with Heartstopper. I found the show first on Netflix and then went back and read the comics. I grew up in uh, NC, which I'm assuming is North Carolina, um, and was homeschooled in a very religious family. I didn't understand lots of feelings that I had until I was studying abroad in Ireland when I was 21. I had to get out of the bubble I was raised in to recognize that I'm attracted to people of all genders. The non-binary stuff has only been realized recently and I'm 39 now. I've learned so much about queer Queer culture because of Alice and their books and stories. Their characters are so likable and relatable, and the more I read and watch, the more I love being part of the LGBTQ community. I found your podcast recently and got so excited when I saw you were looking for bi stories to share. I'm a parent and spouse, and to most people, my life seems pretty cis heteronormative, and I know my gender and sexuality are valid, or but I know my gender and sexuality are valid anyway. I try to find ways to challenge societal norms and teach my kids so that they can love who they want to love and be who they want to be. I love that. Beautiful. And yes, um, I'm adopting you as my new best friend. (laughs) Um, I will be going back and finding your comment and stalking you on Instagram now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Next
1: we have Joel. And um, Joel is a bisexual single dad who wrote in. It's a bit long, so I'm going to paraphrase some of it. Um, Joel met his ex-wife in high school and dated on and off again for years before getting married and having children. She knew he was bi and he was very supportive. Things weren't great in their marriage for a while. And ultimately, it ended with her leaving and leaving the kids with him. In his new single, Freedom, he started binge watching TV shows, starting with Sex Education and Smiley and then Heartstopper. And then from here on where I'm going to read word for word what he put in. So that's when it happened. I remembered I've got Free Will. It was the clip of Nick grabbing Charlie's face and kissing him. My heart saw love, and suddenly I realized I wanted to explore relationships with men again. It felt perfect and peaceful. Charlotte, his daughter, is gay, and I came out to her first. Then Liam and Ella Grace, and all of them are so excited, and I have never felt so free, happy, and at peace with myself which is just freaking amazing.
0: I love that. I love, number one, that like a lot of these folks are like coming to realize this as they're older uh-huh. and also I love that like parents are like yeah. writing in and like talking about sharing it with their kids and that makes me happy. And like I do not have children of my own, but like as a teacher, I, I look at my queer students now and like how confident they are in their sexuality as seventh graders and I'm just like, the kids are all right, man. The kids
1: <laughs> yeah, are doing
0: good. And I'm just like, I'm so – like, every time, like, I joke around with, like, one of my students about, like, their girlfriend or, like, them being bi or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, we have the relationship to do that. And mm-hmm. they know that – You know, I'm queer and, you know, it's just kind of how we, like, deal with each other. But, like, I'm always in awe because I would not have been able to be out and confident like that as a seventh grader. Yeah. And so shout out to all of the queer parents who are helping. And all the straight parents also who are helping make the next generation of uh, LGBTQ youth just feel so, like, safe and happy and confident. Mm Mm-hmm just makes me so happy. <laughs> Our next message is from Julia who says, "I'm in my late 20s and when I was a kid growing up, there wasn't a lot of overall queer media, especially bisexual. Yes. <laughs> and if there and if there was, I feel like it was portrayed negatively like the bisexual person cheating." That's kind of what I was trying to get at with the, the Callie Torres stuff too. Mm. Over the last 10 years, it has started to get more mainstream, but there is something about Nick Nelson that hits differently. There is something more wholesome about his bisexuality. It's not just played as a shock factor or to make the show more sexual. It's real, not just a gateway to gay. He needs time to process and research, which is super relatable. In the comics, when he finally – accepts himself he's not afraid of standing up to his brother. I think if I saw his journey play out when I was growing up, it would have made me more comfortable with my sexuality and not just play it off as all girls want to kiss girls. <laughs> um, and then, Julia, you say that you're sorry for rambling and that you hope it made sense. You did not ramble, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and it was very
1: relatable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Accurate so relatable. statements. Yes. Yeah. Um, Definitely if we had had this when we were younger. Mm -hmm. All right. The last one we have is from Keaton. And he said, I should have known I was bi from very early in puberty (laughs) when I wrote in my journals, girls or guys, I don't care. I just want to fuck, which I thought was (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) Um, But I didn't know a person could be bi and I thought maybe it meant I was gay. I was genuinely attracted to and romantically interested in women, though, so gay didn't feel right. Plus, it was the early 2000s, so lots of homophobia. Uh, it wasn't until my junior year of college that I had my first sexual experience with a guy. There was a lot of guilt and regret the next morning about what this meant for my sexuality, so I went to therapy. Part of this was because every sexual encounter felt like a test, so I often struggled with getting or keeping an erection because of anxiety. I was feeling very broken and lost. In therapy, I said I thought I might be bi. And the therapist said that research suggests that bi men don't exist.
0: Fucking what?
1: Which is horrible and really pisses me
0: off. Ew, gross. I'm mad. Yeah. (laughs) It's like
1: as as a person in a helping profession, it's like, "Mm," it just pisses Mm -hmm. me off that there are people like this in these professions. Anyway, that's a different rant. (laughs) Uh, Keaton says, I was crushed and angry. Fortunately, I was stubborn enough to mostly ignore the therapist and continue to figure it out on my own terms. I found a sexy blog on Tumblr. (laughs) I thought you would love this. (laughs) I found a sexy blog on Tumblr written ostensibly by a guy my age who was discovering his own bisexuality and thriving in it. He seemed masculine, sexy, attractive to people who knew about his sexuality, and most of all, happy. That's when I decided I was definitely bi and that I could be proud of being bi. It was over the course of the next six years that I started coming out. During that period, I also met and fell in love with my now wife. We were friends first, and uh, I was out as bi to her and our friends the whole time. She was wildly supportive. We went to my first Pride together. She gave me the confidence to be out at work and on social media and to my parents. So today, I'm a happily married bi guy with two kids and an amazing partner. I wish I had had the role models or seen examples of guys living a life like mine when I was 13. It would have saved me so much heartache and anxiety. Oh, also, I found a therapist that researches bisexuality in men and is queer himself. I've been with him for the last two years, and that's also been amazing. So another piece of advice is to find a therapist who understands and validates the BiPlus experience, which
0: is so important. Yes. I mm, I'm so glad that we decided to end with this because all of these just made me so happy. I know. <laughs> I love everybody.
1: <laughs> I know. These were all so good. Thank you so much yes. to everyone who wrote in. We really appreciate it. We
0: loved hearing your stories. Yes. And also, like it's really cool to like have that there are people <laughs> who like wrote in because it's like, oh shit. People listen to our podcasts. I'm listening. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like really exciting. And Yeah, no, I've just been having so much fun with this, but, like, especially because I'm not as, like, on social media as you are, Mm -hmm. Um, like, I know you, like, interact a lot more with people who are, like, commenting and messaging and stuff than I do, and so it's like, oh, my God, like, there's people. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Although, actually, it's really funny. Someone who I think is also from the buffering community um, commented on one of my Instagram posts. Oh, my God, I saw Um, that. (laughs) that and they were like oh my god i was i was here stalking your instagram because of why are we like this mm-hmm. but i was also at the buffering Philly show for storyteller. nice
1: yeah i saw that because at that i think i'm tagged like in the photo
0: yeah and so it
1: like alerted me that there was a comment i looked at mm-hmm. it and i was like that's so funny
0: yeah it was like my big cheesy like buffering series finale yeah post and i had posted pictures from like all of the different like buffering events that i'd been to so you were definitely yeah i was in there yeah <laughs> well this was All a right. fun episode this was super fun and I, i've just been looking forward to this episode the entire i know time. the whole
1: time this is
0: the, this i think i'm pretty sure this was the first bonus episode that we yeah came up with it was like this and uh teaser this is coming later a, a music episode Yeah, the music that we're going to do near the end of the uh, season as well. That like these were like the first two things. Yes, yeah. But that just about wraps us up for this week. And if you haven't figured it out by now, this is a bi-weekly podcast by Two Bisexuals, so we will be back in 2 weeks to talk about episode 7, Bully.
1: If you want to follow us online, we are at Why Are We Cast on all platforms, including TikTok now. And if you liked this, please consider leaving us a review or rating us because it really helps other people find us. Yes, please.
0: (laughs) And until next time, bye. Bye.